0: Um all right uh if you'll open with me in your bibles to 1st Timothy chapter 5 um and uh let me open our time together in a word of prayer and I uh I'll I'll in my prayer I'll be praying I uh, just got a, a a notice that Jerry Bridges went into cardiac arrest last night so uh for those of you who have benefited from Jerry Bridges' writings There, people are are asking to pray for him and his family. He's 86 years old. So, um, let's go before the Lord in prayer. Gracious, Almighty God, we praise you as our heavenly Father, and that you have taken such uh, rich and abundant care of your children, even though we are. Adopted children, but you sent your true son, Jesus Christ, into this world in order to raise up many sons and daughters uh, in the faith of him. And we thank you that we are united to Christ and made one with you through him, but we're also united to one another as members of one body, one household of faith, and truly we can. Call one another brother and sister, mother and father, not because of the connections of uh, of our blood, but because of uh, we're bought with the blood of Jesus Christ. And we thank you for, as we studied last week, um, for widows, uh, women who have lived uh, faithfully in service to you, um, displaying the gospel through their service to others, and we pray for elders as we study them today, um, and uh, for the godly uh, teaching and example that they provide, and uh, and as we uh, talk about this, we can think of our brother Jerry Bridges um, as he nears the end of his life of faithful service, and pray that you would be with him and his family uh, during this, their time of need, and ask that you would continue to, um, to strengthen him, and to use him uh, even if he does uh, not outlast um, this uh, bodily ailment that you can still use um, his life and his words uh, to minister to others. And we thank you um, for the example that our work gives, that when we labor faithfully um, and do so in a manner uh, pleasing to you, Uh, not as we're trying to please men, that this brings um, glory to you and it helps spread your good news, your gospel. So we ask uh, that your Holy Spirit would instruct us this morning as we study the words of Paul to Timothy, um, give us insight into um, how we should live both individually but even more so as a body, as one family of God. And we ask these things. In Christ's name, by the power of your spirit, amen. All right, so um, this morning we'll be doing um, the end part of chapter 5. Last week um, we started chapter 5 and covered uh, verses 1 through 16, the section on widows, um, and uh, today we'll be covering um, the latter part. Um, And let me just remind us you know, where we are in the book of Tennessee. So Paul has been dealing with, for the past several chapters, um, the life of the church. In chapter 3, he, he was focused on what qualifies one to be an overseer in Christ's church and a deacon, um, emphasizing the character that all Christians should inspire to, uh, aspire to possess. Um, chapter 4 dealt with teachers who departed from the faith by their pursuit of false doctrines and practices, and now Chapter Five, uh, in the beginning part of Chapter Six, are instructions for Timothy how to care for certain types of people in the church. Um, and we saw last week at the beginning of the chapter, he established uh, this principle that we, uh, because we are not just members of an organization, we're but we're members of the of the family of God. We should treat one another as family members. Members And so that sense of uh, being part of a family governs how we should deal with one another. Um, and it, it might seem like this passage is just a mishmash of people, <laughs> elders, widows, um, pastors, slaves. Um, the the kind of unifying word or concept that Paul employs in dealing with all these very different groups of people is the word honor. Um, And as we talked about last week, Paul, when Paul uses the word honor, he's using it in the sense of the 10 Commandments, the honor your father and mother. It's honor carries that kind of weight to it. It means not only respect and reverence, but it also includes, um, as we saw in the case of widows, material support. Um, And we spent a lot of time last week um, talking about widows and how the church seemed to have a formal list um, uh, in which um, the church pledged to, to care for these women, and, and they in turn pledged their responsibility to serve the church, um, which is why he gave qualifications for identifying um, what he called um, a, a, a widow indeed, or truly a widow. Uh, so the passage um, uh, emphasized the qualifications, um, of one who's past the time uh, of of remarriage, past an age where she's likely to be able to care for herself, who's known for marital and sexual purity, for her good works, especially for caring for children, for those in need uh, of hospitality, for those in special need. Um, In short, the widow to be put on this, this list is an elderly, faithful, godly Christian for whom the church should regularly and faithfully care and to whom the church could entrust if the need arises task. Um, So that was um, the the kind of summarize the teaching on widows. Today we'll focus on um, the honoring of of presbyters or elders, uh, as your translation might have, and slaves. Um, uh, And these two categories of individuals continue to demonstrate, um, as we look at both of them, How the church is supposed to live differently from the world, and by the manner in which the church lives, uh, that's part of the way the gospel is spread, and this concern for the reputation of the gospel governing how we live as a church. Um, Much like Paul, I mean, Jesus said in John, by this all people will know that you're my disciples if you have love for one another. So I'll read the text for us. I'll actually, just to give us the context again, read the entirety of chapter 5 and the first two verses of chapter 6, but we'll focus our discussion beginning in verse 17 with Let the Elders. So let me read for us. Do not rebuke an older man, but encourage him as you would a father, younger men as brothers, older women as mothers, younger women as sisters in all purity. Honor widows who are truly widows. But if anyone does not provide for his relatives, and especially for members of his household, he is denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Let a widow be enrolled, if she is not less than 60 years of age, having been the wife of one husband, and having a reputation for good works, if she has brought up children, has shown hospitality, has washed the feet of saints, has cared for the afflicted, has devoted herself to every good work, but refuse to enroll younger widows, for when they When their passions draw them away from Christ, they desire to marry and so incur condemnation for having abandoned their former faith. Besides that, they learn to be idlers going about from house to house, and not only idlers but also gossips and busybodies saying what they should not. So I would have younger widows marry, bear children, manage their households, and give the adversary no occasion for slander, for some have already strayed after Satan. If any believing woman has relatives who are widows, let her care for them. Let the church not be burdened so that it may care for those who are truly widows. Let the elders who rule well be considered worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in preaching and teaching. For the scripture says you shall not muzzle an ox when it treads out the grain and the laborer deserves his wages. Do not admit a charge against an elder except on the evidence of two or three witnesses. And for those who persist in sin, rebuke them in the presence of all so that the rest may stand in fear. In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus and of the elect angels, I charge you to keep these rules without prejudging, doing nothing from partiality. Do not be hasty in the laying on of hands, nor take part in the sins of others. Keep yourself pure. No longer drink only water, but use a little wine for the sake of your stomach and your frequent ailments. The sins of some men are conspicuous, going before them to judgment, but the sins of others appear later. So also good works are conspicuous, and even those that are not cannot remain hidden. Let all who are under a yoke as slaves regard their own masters as worthy of all honor so that the name of God and the teaching may not be reviled. Those who have believing masters must not be disrespectful on the ground that they are brothers. Rather, they must serve all the better, since those who benefit by their good service are believers and beloved. Thus far, our reading of God's word. Uh, May he bless it as we study it this morning. So, like widows... Um, elders, too, are to be honored. But why doubly honored? Who's to receive this honor, and what does it mean to be doubly honored? <laughs> OK, so those who serve well, um, and we can sort of think about what serving well means, should be doubly honored. Um, with the implication that those who, uh, well, not the implication. I mean, he, he says uh, those who sin, persistent sin, rebuke them. So those who serve well should receive double honor. Those who sin should be rebuked publicly. Um, so setting up a contrast between it's not um, a default um, to you honor the the office, even if there's a rogue in the office, <laughs> no (laughs) there's still a standard of conduct that has to be maintained yes scott okay so as we think about doubly honored um to think uh and to sort of think about what it means compensation or uh or uh, remuneration is part of what's going on here that these are men who in who are serving the church to such a degree that they're unable to um, support themselves by some kind of outward calling, that their labor in the church is something worthy to be recompensed. Good. What else? Um, or how else do we mean doubly honored? Does this mean ruling elders get a salary? Come on. No. <laughs> It's a shot. It it actually says elders who rule well, (laughs) and then goes on to teaching and faithfully uh, preaching. Yeah, Bill. Yeah, that this labor, and again, as we think about the double honor, to, the double honor isn't um, is a result of, you know, um, just who the person is, but it's the labor they're doing. As we saw back with the, um, uh, earlier in Timothy, with the, um, being an overseer is something to be desired, you know, because, it's not because it's this quest for power, but because the office itself and what the office does is something that is, is honorable. Um, and as we think about the double honor, lots of people have kind of come at it, you know, why double? Um, one way, um, uh, um, uh, Chrysostom, the ancient church father, talked about the double honor is an honor and an honorarium. <laughs> so kind of to, like, you give them the respect and reverence and you, you know, compensate them for their labors. Um, Other people have emphasized uh, or, you know, compared to widows, um, you know, kind of making this very formal and specific. So he's already said that they gotta, they gotta take care of providing for the widows. So some people have said the elders portion is double what they're paying the widow. (laughs) I don't know, that seems a stretch to me, but um, there's been some good people who I like who said that. Um, other options uh, include the idea that um, uh, they should get twice what they get now. <laughs> whatever we're paying you, yeah, that's what my high school uh, uh, coach used to always tell me, whatever we're paying you double it. Wait, you're not paying me anything. Um, <laughs> in that case, triple it. Uh, that was usually his response. Um, uh, some people say it's double honor because um, the word elder here can be mean both an older man as well as the church office. So some people have said that it's a double honor—one for their age. You know, just as he said earlier, you know, do not rebuke an older man but encourage him as you would a father. So there's this kind of honor that. Because of the age and stage a person of life, and then an honor because of the office. So you honor them both because so like esteem Bill both as an older man and a wiser, you know, just brother in the faith. But he also has the office of uh, elder. So in that sense, you know, a double honor both for his his um, his years, but also for um, the the type of service. Um, And then others say uh, it's honor for elders and it's double honor for elders who do it well. (laughs) Uh, To go with what Jay said earlier, that uh, the double honor is for those who do it well. (laughs) Um, So, you know, uh, it's it's not exactly clear what the double honor means, um, but I think, you know, some of the things we've said, are getting to it that it, it involves more than just sort of, um, you know, like we saw with widows, more than just um, high esteem. It involves some kind of financial commitment on the part of the, the church. Yeah, an elder in an established local church. And at some point, you know, Paul refers to, like, you know, he makes money by pursuing his outward profession of, of tent making. And there, there will be some context, as context when, um, particularly in missionary or evangelism work, we're going into a place where there's not an established Christian community that, um, that the, the elder will have to, to work to support himself. But you know we're dealing with now a church. You know, kind of think of Timothy as passing this generation on, um, you know, from Paul to Timothy. You know, this kind of passing of the church, moving from a, a church in a mission state to a church in an established state, um, and it's establishing this principle that these shepherding elders, these ruling elders, these elders who are attached to a particular place and congregation should um, they are worthy of, of, of their labor. Um, and um, I, I want to get into these two scriptures in just a second. But anything else we want to say on just sort of the general idea? Yeah, Mike. Yeah, and I think it coming through in this this section, you know, um, and I like the you know what you said about you know in one sense not treated any different than we should treat any other Christian, like the whole standard of you, you don't bring a charge against them without two or three witnesses. Well, that's the standard Old Testament, you know, um, and and Jesus quotes the same thing in the New Testament, like you know. Look, if you you hear something and it's not substantiated by multiple witnesses, don't give credence to it. But I think with people in leadership positions, if we hear one bad thing, um, especially now, I mean, I I confess, I am suspicious of (laughs) uh, leaders at my my workplace, political leaders in my country, (laughs) you know. It doesn't take much to, To make me um, not respect those people in authority over me, <laughs> and um, and it 's saying don't give in to that you know, temptation um, to to denigrate those uh, in authority over you, but to honor them and and the second part of what you 're saying that again it 's a different as he 's established at the beginning part of Timothy. The, the elder is leading by service and example. They're not doing it to, to serve themselves, but they're, they're doing it to serve the church and, um, and to serve the gospel. And as we think about, um, you know, one of the things that's emphasized in the section that, that we're looking at today is first and foremost should always be the reputation of the gospel. If we have el- rogues as elders, it's not just bad for us; it's bad for the Church of Jesus Christ and its reputation. So, if we leave sin unpunished in our teachers and elders, then that's again that's um, bringing shame upon the gospel. You know, uh, later with the the slaves, you know, the faithful service if they if if they're using their Christianity as an opportunity to Um, rebel and deny the authority over them, then that brings the gospel into disrepute. Um, And so, you know, one of the things that's kind of running through this is to put the needs of the gospel and the uh, the church above one's own needs. Um, And so, you know, getting away with petty rivalries or with, um, you know, you know, partial friendships, so like I I can't, I like this person, but if I don't think they should be an elder, you know, just because I like them shouldn't overcome the reasons they shouldn't be an elder, you know, so it's, we can't be ruled by partiality, nor can we be ruled by, by prejudice. We have to think of the needs of the church and the gospel first. Yeah, Jay.